Ah, it's time once again for that podcast you love, I love, and my co-host, Mr. Jimmy Carter. He loves it too. Hey, Jimmy. I enjoy it, and it's fun going back, looking at these things. And with today, a guy that, uh, it was one of the first star interviews that I had done in my TV life. Really? And I had been around stars previously in the 70s, but this was 1983 when we first got going. Uh, Eddie Murphy, he had been a stand-up comedian to some degree. He had been on Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah with just totally iconic roles. Buckley. One of the greatest yeah. Saturday Night Live stars ever, I think. I agree. Say. I agree. I mean, with Gumby and Pokey and uh, James Brown, Hot Tub, and all of this Sammy stuff. Davis, I mean, just oh, every, everyone, Sammy all Davis. the different things he did. Hot Tub, yeah. yeah hot tub. And, and, and when you're with somebody like that, it's, it's like being with Robin Williams. They don't go into those characters. Yeah, sure. Those yeah. are reserved for when you're out there. Also, uh, Eddie had such a... Uh, crazy career as a stand-up person you said you saw him in a stadium yeah i mean yeah, yeah. i don't think i've ever seen a comedian in a stadium i have seen two i have seen larry the cable guy and i've seen mm. um and i've seen eddie murphy and eddie murphy was my very first one and i'll tell you one thing i did not know on that on that very first time i went i had listened to raw and delirious and some yeah. of those other stuff but i didn't realize how how um i'll just say crude he was crude or x-rated because uh, one of his definitely. idols i think was red fox Who and was there were a couple of others uh that he really liked but let's go back to the night time was 1983 eddie murphy and i were sitting down talking about a movie that he had just done called trading places when i last saw you uh you were sitting on the floor with barbara walters and, uh, we'll just see what happened after the interview. <laughs> Only kidding. <laughs> uh, I get the impression sometimes, just by looking at you, that you might not like to be interviewed, or you feel a little uncomfortable trying to pontificate about yourself or talk about yourself. Is that true? Um, I don't know. Some it, it depends. Sometimes I give a great interview. <laughs> sometimes I don't. It depends on the mood. Let's see what happens today. I mean, <laughs> Do you understand yourself well enough, you think, to talk about yourself? I mean, because people ask you to, you know, deep thoughts about, you know, do you sit around and just think about yourself to come up with answers? Or no, do you ever... no, but I live with myself, so I pretty much know myself. And uh, every now and then somebody asks something that's like from like left field and you have to cover and you make one of them faces like, uh, well, uh, uh, and it looks like you're uncomfortable, but it's really what you're thinking. What are they talking about? <laughs> it seems Eddie Murphy seems to have a lot of different faces. I mean, literally and figuratively. I watched you at a party last night, and you seem to be a rather quiet and shy guy. Is, is that the real Eddie Murphy, or you, do people expect you to perform a lot, I guess? I'm not quiet and shy around people that I know, like my friends. I'm not shy at all, but I'm, if I'm around a, a group of strangers, I'm relatively quiet. It's strange when you go out to parties now too there's people walk up and they say smile why aren't you smiling and it's like you, they, they expect you to be on all the time and I'm not on all the time you have trouble with that because you're not on all the time mm -mm, I'm very nice they say why aren't you smiling and I say because nothing's funny <laughs> what? do a little laugh for me make it when you laugh and you go do that laugh and I say get away from me <laughs> are you having fun with uh, yeah, your I'm fame yeah lots of fun I have lots of fun. Are you enjoying your money, and are you just or working too much? Where you the can't money enjoy? I hate. I hate the money, and I'm burning it all. <laughs> <laughs> if someone was trying to uh, do a, 
a, a boss of yours, I don't know if you have any bosses, but if you have a boss, and he says, do a job critique of Eddie Murphy, I want to, what kind of guy he is, and his work habits, and what kind of person is Eddie Murphy, what would you write about yourself? I'm real lazy, very, very, very lazy, and I, I eat a lot of garbage, and <laughs> I like to party. I'm a party guy. I don't do drugs, I don't drink, and I don't smoke. And I like to party and hang out with friends. And I like women a lot. I like women. I can tell you like women. Yeah, you can tell I like it. <laughs> do you handle uh, criticism very well? Yes. Reviews and that type of thing? Yes. I don't read them. That's how you handle a critic. Is, is that a good review? You say, it's a bad one. I, think, well, I don't want to read it. <laughs> From the movie, uh, do you like rich people? Do, do you I have like a thing against, I mean, you know, some people don't like rich people. And uh, in the movie, you were playing a part of getting a rich person. Do you, uh, Dislike do you like rich people? people? Um, you know, people like uh, the Dukes in real life? I don't know any people like the Dukes in real life. The Dukes, the characters are real nasty. But um, money doesn't change a person. A person to either a nasty person from the beginning. Or they're not, I know guys that... Bill Murray is rich and he wears sneakers and drives a Jeep and it's a normal guy, you know. It, it has nothing to do with the money, it's the person. What do you want to do in the next uh, couple of years? I know she signed a long-term contract with Paramount. Do you want to do more movies or you want to do television? Or you want to do more booking your butt records or what do you know? Uh, there'll be no yeah. more booging in your butt and I like to apologize to the world for that record. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my deal with Paramount is just uh, one other than one picture and two year thing. Everybody seems to think I've signed like my life away to Paramount, but I haven't. And uh, I just want to do more films and uh, do comedy. I might do some singing because I'm a frustrated mm -hmm. singer. I might do one singing record on my next album, but the song has to be so good that the audience, that whoever's listening to it, doesn't listen to my voice. Because I'm not a good singer, but <laughs> I'd like to sing. Fake, you fake Stevie Wonder pretty well, so you could might do a Stevie Wonder. Yeah. It's kind of the last question, you know, since, you know, you're, you're still a real young guy and things have happened, you know, you've been, every, everybody loves you. I was talking to somebody today, they all, everybody likes you. I've never met a person that didn't like Eddie Murphy on screen or on television. There's a woman in Chicago that hates that my hate guts. <laughs> but do you ever wake up and think that, uh, golly, you know, like, like when Dan Aykroyd wakes up in the movie, he thought it was a dream, all these bad things that happened to him. Do you ever wake up and think it's all going to end sometime or would you just be happy if it all ended tomorrow? I, I never wake up and think, golly. Ever, never even thought guy. I've never said golly until today. But <laughs> I never. Um, I don't. I'm. I'm not afraid of it just all going away. It goes away gradually. It doesn't just disappear. You don't just wake up and you're not funny and everything's gone. And it goes away gradually. So when it goes away, most people should be adjusted to it. It's not. I don't see why people freak. You know when the career starts going downhill, you should just deal with it. Right now, everything's going good, and when it if and when it starts to flounder, I'll be prepared. But basically, Eddie Murphy's a happy guy, right? I'm a happy-go-lucky guy. You smile for us. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Eddie has done so many movies. I mean, you know, the voice stuff that he, he has done for, for cartoons and, and just, and then, you know, obviously the Nutty Professor oh, was, great. Yeah, that was great. one that, you know, that I didn't think anybody saw coming. I mean, obviously, you don't put a lot of money unless you think something's going to work. Right, But right. he had done the Beverly Hills Cop series, which was completely successful. Mm -hmm. I think they still want to do another one of those. Do they really? Uh, three got a little weak, but I still loved them all. I liked I loved, I don't like, I loved the character of Axel Foley. Yeah, he was But great. in this yeah. case, he was doing a film called Metro, where he plays a San Francisco cop, and it's, 
Axel Foley was always, he was a great cop. He really was a good cop, but he always had kind of a funny edge about him. This guy is serious. I never uh, saw in it. this movie. So it is one of those you can find out there on the internet and it's pretty good. I mean, it's pretty good, but we talked because he had just finished up all the success that you get from the nutty professor. Let me congratulate you. First of all, on nutty professor. I mean, you've gotten a whole new generation of children who now know Eddie Murphy that may not have known you before. Well, as strange as that may seem. Yeah, that's nice. You know, I, my, my movies are usually, you know, for adults, you know, the rated R pictures, you know. So it's been a while since I did something that kids can come see. And it's been a while since I did something good that kids can come see, too, you know, so it's, it's cool. Can you feel the heat that that movie, beside financially, I'm sure, has generated for you? No, it's not like you feel a heat from it. You, you, It's a... Uh, People are just nicer to you when you have a hit movie out. You know, it's not so much like, like it's a heat, like you can feel, oh, you're hot again. It's just, you know, it's easier to, to, to get the movies done that you want to get done. And people are nicer at meetings. And people that you see on the street are nicer to you, you know. Are you tired of people telling you that they thought you were really brilliant being able to play all those characters? Oh, no, you, I'm an actor and you never tire of being complimented. <laughs> Even if really they're going, were. oh, come on, Phil. You know what I would like to see? <laughs> In fact, there's probably a Robin Williams movie out there, the outtakes of some of his movies like Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm. I guarantee you, because you show some on the end of the movie, mm. a whole movie could be made of just the outtakes and the funny stuff when you break up laughing on The Nutty Professor. It's funny. You know what? We got that idea from the, uh, the, the editor. Don Zimmerman, who did Nutty Professor, also did one of my favorite movies of all times that starred Peter Sellers called Being There. Mm -hmm. And that was when, at the end of the movie when they did all the outtakes. I said, oh, I love that Being There. He said, how about we use outtakes? And it worked perfect. So yeah. funny. This movie is cool. This is back to the 48 Hours Beverly Hills Cop kind of genre. And you obviously do that very well. And you seem to be pretty comfortable in doing that. You like mm -hmm. it, don't you? Yeah, I like to be able to go and do the the, the, the uh, do a, a action gritty macho move, popcorn movie. Yeah, I like that. You know, and I like it when uh, uh, this movie uh, is uh, gave me the opportunity to to play a, a like a more of a dramatic role than I've ever played before. I've never played anything this heavy where you know I'm I'm the, the a serious. Even Axel Foley is a cop, but there's a lightness to him. You know, he goes in and out of character and there's voices and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the funny stuff that this guy does in the movie is like in a real conversation with his girlfriend, the type of playful conversation you would have with your wife or something, you know? That's the type of funny stuff that happens, but the serious stuff is really serious. I never played anything like that, so it was, I, I really got into it. I well, really liked it. I was talking to Thomas Carter, the director, about this, that you know, a lot of people don't know what to expect when they're around Eddie Murphy, maybe for the first time. Uh, I think they expect to either see buckwheat or they expect to no see... No one expects to see buckwheat when <laughs> they, they see They expect it. to see something funny. I don't think anyone expects to see buckwheat when they see it. <laughs> they expect a funny Eddie Murphy, the, you know, the really wild and crazy, almost like a Steve Martin wild and crazy guy. And you are a pretty serious guy, and, uh, and you do turn it on, though, when the camera comes on. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still... You really think that people would actually think he's going to go in and he's going to be dressed as Buckwheat? We can't get past the Buckwheat part, okay. <laughs> no, not dressed as Buckwheat. I'm thinking being the funny guy that oh, Buckwheat okay. was. Uh, do you kind of feel the need sometimes to have to turn on to be the Eddie Murphy that they expect sometimes? No, not you don't at ever all. Feel I'm not even, uh, I don't even, I know when audiences go to see a movie, uh, and audiences, that's, they're consumers. And a movie, just like uh, you go to the store and you get a certain product, you want a product to be a certain thing. When you go see an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, you want to see an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. And you go see a Eddie Murphy, you want to see something funny in it. So I take, I take, 
I take that into into consideration when I'm doing a movie. I want to put humor in the picture, but um, I don't feel pressured to uh, to be a certain type of artist or to act a certain type of way in person, you know, because people expect me to be a certain way from movies at all. It's two, two totally different. I think things. Johnny Carson used to say he didn't like to go to parties a lot of times because they would expect him to be Johnny Carson, and he'd have to make them laugh or entertain them. I think that's what I was trying to ask there. You never felt that even when you were younger that you had to go in and do your thing? Because uh, it's naturally, if I'm in a group, for, in a room full of people and we all start talking, you know, I'm not a shrinking violet at all. I'm not, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, I get into the, you know, and my personality is, uh, is uh, I, I'm a comedian, you know, so I've, it's not like I, uh, most comedians uh, are always trying to make everybody in the room laugh. And I'm not someone who's like, oh, my, my I like I got my, this comedic talent in the box and I just let it out. You know? it yes, uh, I'm, in a, if I'm in a room full of people, I'm who I am. I'm this person all the time. I'm not wild and crazy. I'm not doing, I'm not performing all the time. But my sense of humor is always, you know. Where's Eddie the singer? Is he like asleep? No, not at all. I record. I record constantly. I have a band called Peasy Heads, and uh, we. I, I probably since the last time I put out an album, I must have recorded sixty songs. Really? Yeah, I just keep going and going. I like to hear those again because I always thought Eddie. I thought you had a lot of potential in that. You know, when you I put really when I put you. when I put my music out again, it'd probably be with a band because people get so weirded out. You know, to see when you see an actor singing, they usually think, oh, it's just some vanity thing, or why is that guy singing, or what is it? And my music is uh, it's not about my singing. I sing because you know I, I wrote it and I did it in my studio. You know, but uh, um, uh, it's more it's more about the composition. I I enjoy making me I write I compose I write I play piano and I play guitar and, and I, I like to make music you know finally don't let Denzel Washington do this I'm telling you now when you get a little older do the James Brown story you do it don't let Denzel or somebody else steal that Denzel part. Washington is James I'm just saying Brown? he wants to do everything you know he's gonna be no, the man for everything <laughs> you take that from me because I think you'll do that good hit me I can hear you do that James, Denzel is James Brown that would be odd yes yeah, right <laughs> that would be odd that's right. well bye we're, we're done hit me I can hear Denzel I mean what a career you know he's right, had and right. a lot of people compared him almost to being Elvis I mean he can do music but you know, uh, party all the time was a uh, song that he had. My that was girl kind of wants hit. to party all party the time. All the party time, all the time. Party all the time. I remember. And he was really into. He lived kind of like Elvis. He had a Graceland kind of mansion mm -hmm. in New Jersey. Uh, he had the hangers on around him. I think his uncle was one of them. Yeah, yeah. And somebody else. He had a. He he really emulated Elvis in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And how he dealt with fame, how he dealt with the public, and you know when you got that 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 much talent and then you get a little you know he's not the same guy and we're going to talk about this coming up in this next interview you know why don't you do stand-up anymore because he's not that guy wow that does raw and delirious anymore that was more of a teenager immature eddie murphy that was able to be that free now he's got lots of kids you know and he's a multimillionaire, and he's a businessman and all that stuff and and he uh he needs to work more yeah, I would love to see him work more, and I think he has done. You know, Nutty Professor was great, and he did that coming to America. Yeah, those pretty films. Good. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like that much, but other people did, mm -hmm. and uh, it took a lot of talent to play the barbershop stuff. That, oh yeah, that God. he has done. You know, and all that stuff. But in this case, we're talking about Dream Girls. This is the movie that was basically the story of the Supremes, but he played a character of James Thunder Early, who is kind of a combination of. 
Ike Turner and about three of and James, James Brown, Brown for and sure. Three yeah. or four other yeah. people. But like we talked about in this interview, uh, James, I mean, Eddie Murphy was so talented in this, but he got lost in all the talent. There's so many talented people in dream girls. Yeah, yeah. That's a movie that's worth going back and checking out. But uh, we talked to Eddie. This is in 2006. Congratulations on this. I love this movie and I will definitely go see it again. And did you uh, beg them to be in it or did they beg you? Uh, no, it was no, no begging. When they called me, I was a, I was familiar with the material, mm -hmm. so I was interested in the material. But the, in the beginning, it was like you know we're making this. This is a, this is a labor of love. No one's getting paid, mm -hmm. and I was like, well, yeah. Well, I don't love anything that. And much. plus, they've, <laughs> plus they've screwed up a lot of musicals. Well, I hadn't been that DreamWorks people had. No, mean, they hadn't, but other people. Oh, had you mean in the Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people had really iffy luck trying to bring a musical. Yeah, but that, I didn't there. have. I wasn't thinking like that. I wasn't thinking like, oh, this is something that wouldn't work as a musical because I'd seen the original play mm -hmm. and I knew that that this story, the story would could lend itself to you know to film. You know, a lot of people don't realize you could sing. I mean, I never forgot about you singing. I just never knew how serious you were about it. If, like right now, we could turn back the hands of time and push a button, and you could have a big, big movie debuting tonight at Radio City where everybody would scream and go, Eddie! Or we could have a sold-out Madison Square Garden that everybody was there to see you. Which one of those would you take? <laughs> I don't know. It's the, same, it's the same rush. I think it's the same It's rush. a little different, though, you know, having those... 17,000 people screaming at you while you play music. That is well, a different I've vibe. I've been on stage doing stand-up, and mm -hmm. I've been on stage with my band. And uh, there's more people when you do stand-up, yep. but it's the same, I get the same rush, because at the center of it is, you know, I'm an artist, entertainer, mm -hmm. so it's, that's what's you at the center. The you feel the role. Whatever, I'm, whatever the, I'm doing, if I'm into it, I'm getting a rush from it. You feel that, whatever that energy is, is coming back at Absolutely. You. What about you in stand-up? You don't do that anymore, do you? I haven't done stand-up in almost 20 years. Why? Oh, I just had not You just don't feel like that's part of you anymore? I mean, because the raw tape is still in... <laughs> I've got a cassette. That still goes in there. Yeah, raw and delirious. Those things kind of hold great. up. They but hold they don't up. feel like they're you anymore? I mean, you've, Well, they're not me. Those, you know, if, and I if I were to do stand-up again, it wouldn't be that guy. I wouldn't put on a, come out in a leather suit and you know, hold my dick and say, motherfucker. <laughs> It'll be some whole new guy. You know, but it's just... Uh, Chris Rock's uh, doing that now. <laughs> no, Chris, <laughs> it's, and Chris is a great stand-up. Mm -hmm. But um, I want to do... It's, it depends on when you catch me. Sometimes I'll be like, I'm never doing stand-up again. Yeah. And, and then sometimes it's like, uh, I want to do it again. I was saying a little while ago that whole, the, the, the comedy clubs are so different and the scene is so different yeah. now. And, and now with the camera phones and all this shit, shit that the, kid, the guy from Seinfeld is going through, you know, he gets on stage. And what he said wasn't cool, but the whole idea of, you know, you could be on stage at the comedy club now and they could take a little piece a of your A teacher got burned the other day for pitching a fit in class. One of the kids had a phone, she got suspended. Yeah, Think know. of your teachers in your school. My, I had a whole bunch of teachers that would be suspended. But imagine if you're on stage at the comedy club oh, yeah. and you haven't been on stage in 20 years and you're trying to work your act out. And, you you know, screw up. And you say anything, they could be like, oh, look what he said. So uh, that whole, the whole. But one thing, you, you have trained us to laugh at you. Right? To laugh at me. To laugh with you, at you, whatever. When you come yeah. on screen, I'm supposed to laugh most of the time. Okay. And, you know, you, but you're really a serious guy. You know, you're not some zany Robin Williams guy. You never have been that. You want us to take you seriously in this part, too, because this is a serious role. Uh, there's no comedy in this, I don't think. Yeah, but... Uh, it's entertaining, but it's a serious guy out there. Yeah, but I don't want you to take me seriously. I want to entertain my audience. I want to entertain my audience. And... Uh, 
And Robin Williams and those guys, they're zany on camera, but mm -hmm. behind the scenes, those guys aren't zany. Yeah. In, fact, in fact, most of the comedians I know are, are not zany people. Seinfeld's certainly not zany. I yeah, remember the first time I met him, I was real surprised. Yeah, he was most people though. aren't zany. Most comics aren't zany in person. You got different comics that some comics that are never. They never. You know, always on. You mm -hmm. know, if it's an audience, if it's two people, they're always trying to make them people laugh. But, you know, when they settle down, you know, you're pretty serious people. Well, you're a great entertainer, no matter what it is, and I like your music. I always have. Oh, I'm still God party bless. all the time. Oh man, I see you <laughs> telling you to tell your age. I man. am. That's what my hair, <laughs> I had hair when I started this, and I had all afro. Right. <laughs> Good seeing you. All, all right. right. You know this this movie you guys were talking about, Dreamgirls. I've never I never saw it. So my wife and I started to. In fact, we went and watched your your video interview of the interview you just did, and then we pulled up some of the songs he sang, and and Eddie Murphy is incredibly talented. But you talked about the other people in the movie, Jamie Foxx. And all the other stars. Oh, yeah. I mean, this thing Beyonce. was Beyonce loaded. It was loaded with stars, uh, loaded with talent. And why I never saw it, I have no idea. But folks, if you haven't seen Dreamgirls, watch it. I'm going to watch it probably tonight or tomorrow night just so I can see it. I it's mean, it's, a, it's not supposed to be the story of the Supremes, but it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's the story of Dinah Ross, and you know, it's loosely based on those. Eddie had seen the play, so he felt comfortable doing the musical. A lot of people didn't know if it was going to, it wasn't a sure thing. Yeah. We've kind of come yeah. back around where musicals are popular, oh, sure. going to be popular again. They come and they go, you know, shows like Saturday night live and, and the urban cowboy they have that are very music intensive. And then you have oh, Saturday night a little Fever. Yeah. Horrors. Yeah. Remember that one? A little oh, yeah. Horrors that, you know, that was really a play up there. So you never know if things are going to work. And Eddie's had movies that have, not worked. Uh, Bowfinger, I don't think was yeah, particularly weird, yeah. popular. Yeah. And, you know, in Norbit, I don't think that was particularly popular. But Eddie Murphy's movies have grossed over $3.8 billion. That's $6.5 billion wow. adjusted for inflation and over $6 billion worldwide. Sixth highest grossing actor in United States history. Well, he's talented and he, and he made me laugh every time. I mean, I laugh. And uh, I've always enjoyed my time with him and Good guy, a lot of lot of fame, a lot of pressure on people like that. No doubt about it, and uh, and uh, you know I want to see something new from him too. I'd like to see him, and as he talks about in that interview, not wanting to do stand up anymore because of social media. I would love to go see him do some stand up again, but he doesn't have to, and he really doesn't want to. It doesn't sound like. Yeah, I mean he's got other people. I think his biggest the fear of all these people is fear of failure. Yeah, of going sure. out. The, the bar is raised so high of expectations for him someone who's played a stadium so high that doing something in a small club, he would be brilliant. But there are people like Chris Rock that are doing Eddie Murphy yeah, like you and said. others that have kind of taken up the deal. So uh, we just have to love the Eddie we've got. I do think he could be Axel Foley again. <laughs> I think he could do it one more time. Well, Jimmy, always enlightening uh, as we do this every week from the vault. Tune in next week and find out who do we have. Well, you got you to tune in to find out. Until then, good day. Good day.